Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, guys. Welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Hot Rod. What's happening, dude? I done read over your notes over there, and I can't believe what I'm reading. You know what? And this may be a blessing in disguise that the Silverado took the crumble, because I might be getting out of the GM game myself. That's horrible. Yep. So, it appears the word from the Mighty Bird up in Detroit is GM is planning on going all-electric, ditching their gas and diesel-platformed automobiles. I'm not happy. I really think this is just like cloud talk. Uh, I'm pretty sure they legalized marijuana in Detroit or something, and they're all looking <laughs> at clouds. And Well, per an announcement straight out of uh, Detroit, the automaker General Motors plans on going 100% electric uh, and plans on doing so. Well, at least 20 uh, cars in their lineup they plan on having by 2023, and that's per Executive Vice President Mark Roos. Now, keep in mind, in 1996, GM killed their electric car program on their own. Yep. Well, you know, the EV, was it the EV1 or whatever it was? Yeah, the EV1 or, or the Impact when right. it was debuted, which was really Great a bad, name. horrible <laughs> name. The uh, GM Collision. Well, uh, GM currently... Ex- uh, currently The GM T-Bone. Yeah, no joke. <laughs> GM currently offers one extended range electric vehicle, and that is the Chevrolet Bolt EV, which EV just simply stands for electric vehicle, but... Um, and they will add uh, two more to their uh, lineup within 18 months. So, I mean, they're actually making moves toward this, and the company is developing a new truck platform powered by hydrogen fuel cells, which, by the way, if you've ever seen a movie that messes with those, they blow up really, really nicely. That just sounds like a bomb. Yeah, well, it is. <laughs> and they're going to uh, probably have more than one. But uh, they've dubbed this truck named Cirrus, which is short for Silent Utility Rover Universal Superstructure. Um that sounds cool. How about a truck? Yeah, how about truck? I I don't I don't support this in any way. I this think is this, this is lame I, as it gets. I understand it. I you know. Oh you know I mean, what, what are they going to do? They be blowing bubbles out the back or something? You know what? Save the planet. Ooh, all electric. But I mean, don't I get me can't wrong. Electric tell power you. is neat. I look at electric power like a novelty. It's yes, cool. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, it's neat. Like you see a Tesla, you're like man, that's neat. That's cool. You know, but. Long term, I'm going to put in some 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 petro in there. You know, I just I, I I see this future and it's it's dark, it's dismal, it's boring, it's quiet, it's silent. It's yeah, real silent actually. I mean, you imagine- well, hang on here. I'll give you a perfect example of what electric car sounds like. You ready for this? You ready? There you go. That's that. That's it. Nothing hey, really exciting. You know about- what an electric car with dual exhaust sounds like? What's that? Like this. That's, yeah, that's, the dual exhaust. That's, that's it. Sounds good, though. You ever it? heard one rev up and take off? No. Yeah, all right, here it goes. And you see how impressive that was? What part of a hot-rotting future 
Does this sound like it's going to be cool in? I want to get a Prius. I want to put big chrome tailpipes out the back. <laughs> that would be epic. I mean, they'd be like faux, but still. I mean, I mean, think about this though, dude. This is a terrible future. The, you know, and we probably won't see this. Twenty twenty three. I don't even know how old I'll be by then. I can't do the math. Like thirty three. Yeah, I'll be thirty three. It's coming up right around the corner. Um, you know, you're talking about. I can't even do the math. Brought to you by Odd Rod Tax Service. <laughs> you know what's funny is I used to do taxes way back in the day, but that's that's another story for another day. Um, All them people that probably went to jail. Look, it, I don't think it would happen, and I don't have kids, but in my kids, if you will, my generation of what would be my kids, um, I don't think it will happen in their lifetime. But my um, you know, hypothetical grandchildren – We'll live in a world where there's not V8 muscles anymore. That scares me. It's it's. Petrifying. I don't have kids, but I feel a little better about not having them when they're to start talking about things like this. Exactly, exactly. I mean, and General Motors believes in. It. They believe in an all electric future. I mean, my it, stroller had twice pipes on it. What's up with this, guys? <laughs> Uh, you know, and Mark, the VP of the company, said, although the future won't happen overnight, GM is committed to driving increased usage and acceptance of electric vehicles through non-compromised solutions that meet our customer needs. Well, you know what our customer needs is? Horsepower and lots of it. Loud noises, angry pipes, dual exhaust, gas burning, dinosaur destroying remnants. Ozone eating. Yes, that's what we love. That's what we crave. I like starting up my wagon out there and just smelling raw fuel and having it burn the hairs in my nostrils so I don't have to shave them. You know what I like to do? That's what I love. I like to fire up the Malibu and hear Mother Nature cry. That's what I like. And rev it and make her just scream tears. Yes. You know, like that. I've never heard of an electric car do Calm that. Down. <laughs> I'm getting a little scared here. <laughs> All this growling. <laughs> What's got into you? Stud. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean I mean this is this is absurd. This is absurd. I mean it's, I, it's okay. This is the thing that's crazy. Electric cars are cool. I mean, don't get me wrong. And I think there's a need for them. I mean, you know, like you got a mail Jeep that has a little route in town or you got an ice cream truck that circles the block, or you know, I mean, it's it's fine. But at the end of the day, there will always be petrol cars. I believe this is really just like somebody topped this up to strike fear in someone. You know what? I, I don't think so because in recent months, <clears throat> pardon me, in recent months, a number of other manufacturers have announced plans to electrify their product lines. All Volvo models launched from 2008. And going forward, uh, will be either a hybrid or a plug-in or pure battery-powered well, drivetrain. Keep in mind, you're talking Volvos. Now we're talking about the damn Swedes. So I mean, <laughs> these guys. I mean, they they needed. I mean, they had. Weren't those the ones with the wooden shoes? No, that's Dutch. Never mind. Yeah. That's close. Same though. thing. Same, same thing. Difference. It's, it's same cross difference. bond. It's cross bond. But you know what I'm saying? I mean, this is the thing that's crazy about that. Those crazy Swedes. You can't. You can't really go by them. Well, now you start talking about General Motors. Well, the Germans are on board too, because last month Volkswagen uh, said it will invest twenty billion dollars in the development of electrified products. Coming from the company that made probably the worst emissions lie ever well, on, that, the, on the diesel. Now they're trying to recanter that and uh, by spending 20 billion dollars uh, with the electric thing. But every model sold by, sold by its various brands, including Volkswagen, Audi, Bentley, Lamborghini, will be offering at least one battery-based drivetrain option. But GM okay, is going to Okay, just say if they made an electric Corvette. 
Would they call it not a stingray? It would be the electric eel. <laughs> that was good. On the fly. I love it. That was good. Is it, ooh, it's the electric eel. <laughs> hey, like my Corvette. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just think think about the Corvette with electric. Are they planning on killing the Corvette? I, I mean, mean, let's more be honest. Than they already have. Yeah, no joke. But I mean, this is this is crazy. I mean, I want to tell you something. I'm just if somebody came in my Corvette with an extension cord, I'd punch them in the mouth. <laughs> well, Jim's goal is is to abandon the internal combustion engine entirely. No more LS, ladies and gentlemen. No more LS. You know, the future is looking brighter. <laughs> Easy. But, I mean, it's silly, though. I mean, it really, really is. I mean, this is just taking it too far when you're saying, we're just doing away with gasoline engines. And, you know, maybe I'm a dinosaur. Maybe I can't handle change. But you know what? You know what I can handle? I can handle a holly. Yeah. I can handle internal combustion. You know, my pawpaw and his pawpaw before him could handle it too. You let GM come out with a full, pardon me, a fully electric pickup truck, and I think all you're going to see is GM sales drop. I think you're going to see them plummet. I wonder what, like, what are you going to roll? Electricity? Yeah. yeah. Rolling sparks, baby. <laughs> what are you gonna, is it going to be like those little lawnmowers, like when you were a kid that had the bubbles that blew out of it? <laughs> I'm rolling I, bubbles. I mean, uh, you know, I want you to think about what what will. Do you think country music singers are going to be singing? Mm. I unplugged my truck. <laughs> I mean, that's just stupid. You, you know, when their truck breaks down, my truck ran out of electricity and I mean, left me abandoned in the city. I think I mean, that's a new song, George Strait. If you're listening, just I unplugged my truck and ain't got no luck. <laughs> I mean, it's just silly. Uh, this I is, mean, it don't. It's just tomfoolery, is what this is. It is, is tomfoolery. It is tomfoolery. And what about the payload on a truck? What, what's the payload for an electric truck? I understand electrical makes a lot of torque, but what's the payload here? Well, I mean, the payload's probably about the same, but I mean, it really is. I mean, electric power makes a ton of torque. You got to think about the big electric trains, things like that. Yeah, but what about battery life? Oh well, no, no, yeah, that's your next problem. You know, the more juice you use, the faster the battery runs out. I tell you what else we're running out of is time in this segment. It's commercial time. Golly. All right, guys, you're listening to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. We got more on this subject coming back here in just a minute. Right here on 1063 WORD. All right, guys, welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. This is Rob Pitts. Hot Rod! What's happening, dude? I want to tell you something. Tell me something, man. I want to need another tunnel. <laughs> me and the Marlboro Man will have to go make some smoke because the damn Chevys don't do it no more. Exactly. You're yeah. killing me. I mean, this is crazy. Yeah, so as we said... What's it going to spit? Sunflower seeds out the back? I guess bubbles, sunflower seeds, water, whatever the case might be. So as we said... Pixie uh, dust. Yeah. As we said, Jim's goal is to plan on abandoning the internal combustion engine entirely. Uh, And GM was the pioneer of both battery and hydrogen technology. Uh, As we've talked about before here on the show, it launched the first fuel cell prototype Four decades ago, it's EV1 or uh, the T-Bone car. Yeah, the Impact. Well, that was like 1990 when they actually came out with the technology, and it was actually released to the public in 1996. Yep. Uh, the EV1 was one of the first uh, electric vehicles produced by a mainstream manufacturer, but the line was scrapped when California abandoned its initial, uh, initial zero-emissions vehicle mandates I, I in tell 1990s. You. No, that's... What's on paper is the reason why they. Well, we've it. got a little insider on this. There's there's a young lady 
that was actually one of the forerunners of this. Her name is Chelsea Sexton. She will be a call-in guest on the show. Very, very cool girl. She actually worked with the uh, worked with the EV1 project in California. So she knows these cars firsthand. Yeah, and she's actually a very big uh, promoter in the electric car movement. If you've um, ever seen the movie Who Killed the Electric Car, you would see her in this movie. Exactly. Um, you know, and I, I don't have a problem with electric cars. I think they're awesome. I think the technology is great. I think all that's good. But I don't think we need... <laughs> There's a place for them. Oh, majorly. But, but I don't think we need to call for putting the uh, putting the uh, old combustion engine on the cutting throat. You know, Cutting block. Yeah, that too. Whatever. The gauntlet. The gauntlet. I, I don't think we need to end the internal combustion motor. Uh, I think it's tried and true, easy to work on for a lot of people. Um, I mean, you're pretty much doing away with the mechanic when you go over this, and you well, got to be an electric mean, uh, engineer well, at the, this point. Well, well, the thing about electric engines is the lack of moving parts. Right. I mean, there's really not a lot to it. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, that's a good thing in some ways. In some ways. And uh, a bad thing in others. Yeah. You know, this this actually will put I mean, a lot of techs out of a job. Uh, really, the only thing you got moving around is commutators. Yeah. I mean, it's it's magnets. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but government mandates are clearly driving the industry's uh, current push to electrify, uh, even though the Trump administration is expecting to do rollback on federal corporate average fuel economy standards, which is a good thing uh, for us hot rodders, anyhow. California's new ZEV mandate will require automakers to collectively sell millions of battery or hydrogen vehicles in the years ahead. So, you know when your president's son has a 69 Camaro Pro Touring? Yeah. Yeah. He, he might be all right. He's got us covered. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I think it's something. Hey, if we drift with one of these new GM cars, would it be the electric slide? <laughs> I, I think... You know, the push is inevitably going to go that way, though. I mean, it really is. And, you know, and it's like I said, electric, or like we said, rather, the electric car does have its place because, you know, this is our planet and we only got one of them. We ain't got no options. Well, I'm with you there. So to take care of it, you know, it kind of needs to happen. Actually, there's several planets, but. Well, you know. The only one that's inhabitable. I really, really don't plan on moving planets, you know. State. Eh, I don't know if my, if my love life don't pick up. I don't make them all mad. I may have to move. You know, I may have to pick up and find me a new planet. It's one thing to jump across town. Eh, maybe even skip a state or two. Not that bad. Country, we're stretching it. Moving planets. Eh, I don't know about all that. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. Um, and when, when the only female in the state that'll talk to you is your mama, that's bad. <laughs> But uh, pressures overseas are actually growing on this uh, this whole epidemic of electric cars. Several countries, including Norway and India, now plan to ban internal co- combustion engines entirely. The U.K., France, Germany, and China are all considering similar moves. China has just laid out new guidelines for um, alternative uh, propulsion and is now the world's biggest market for electrified vehicles. So, I mean, around the globe... We're kind of behind on this. A lot of people are already making this move. Robert. Yo. You ever had any Chinese food before? No, I hate it. You know those little containers they put uh, the food yeah, in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like I know little, what you're talking about. They got the little top on them, and then like the little metal ring always pops out, the little, little handle. Mm-hmm. They can't even make that right. They want to make an electric <laughs> car. Well, let's, let's one step at a time. Let's back up and improve this, and then we'll move on to the electric car. Yeah. They're eating with toothpicks. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm just throwing Glor- that out glorified there. Toothpicks, glorified, glorified toothpicks. Glorified toothpicks. Big toothpicks. 
The main concern in all this is just my very problem, and that's consumer acceptance. Last year, all forms of electric vehicles from hybrids and battery electric vehicles accounted for barely 3% of the U.S. Uh, new vehicle market. Pure electrics like the Chevy Bolt uh, generate only around a half a percent of total volume. But the number of recent studies have suggested that it could top 30% or more within a decade. Yeah, there's a lot of people that can use an electric car, especially your in-town commuters, things like that. There's a use for them. I understand that. Oh, think about taxis, man. It'd be ideal. Yeah, for running around town and things like that. It's fine. Long distances, you know, they've gotten a lot better. The range is, is, is really improved with them dramatically. But still, at the end of the day, there will always be internal. I just find this extremely hard to believe. Yeah. Um, Tesla is actually leading the way on this, though. At which we figured that. Yeah. Um, one sign of a impending shift is a strong response to the launch of the new Tesla Model 3, which, like the Bolt, gets more than 200 miles per charge and is priced at under $40,000 before federal and state tax credits. Um, so it's a very affordable car. It's a fully electric car, and it's a Tesla. So. And it's a Tesla. And it's a Tesla. So, I don't know. There's a lot of... A lot of things pushing for it. I just to for someone like GM to just say, "Hey, you know what? We've been going at for a hundred years, guys, and it's been going great. But you know what? Screw what's making us money. Let's jump this ship." I think it's absurd. I think it's silly. I I really think that somebody took this out of context or some like illegal drug or hallucinogen <laughs> was involved in this. I mean, it's just silly talk. I mean, they say, you know, GM's making cars that's going to run out of run on bubbles. I mean, I'd believe that before I'd believe this. I, well, I mean, this is coming straight this from the horse's mouth. This is straight up, this is horse pucky. That's what this is. <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, I'm curious to know what everybody listening thinks, though. I want you guys to jump on Facebook and uh, get on the Hot Rods and Happy Hour page. Tell us what you think about I, these all GM electric cars. Absolutely. I mean, I, th- I think it's absurd. I think it's absurd for GM to do this. I think it's absurd for us to want to go to an all-electric The only vehicle. thing I want electric at a GM dealership is the damn sign. Yeah, no joke. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I, I, like I said, I see the need for electric cars. I see, um, like we said, they have a place. You know, I'm all for saving the environment and whatnot. Um, but I think when it comes down to, like, trucks and anything you want to work with, you know, think about if you got to make a long haul with your horse and horse trailer and all that. Well, you can get your horse out. I guess you could hitch your Chevy to the back of it and drag them along. Exactly. I mean, and that's the thing. I don't think the power grid is set up yet to handle this. That's another big thing. We're going to put a lot, a lot, a lot of extra use on the power grid. I mean, you know, there's a lot of areas that can't support this. No, oh, you're talking about some of these cars getting like uh, barely a 200 mile range. What if you're uh, cutting across the Midwest? Exactly. A lot of them don't even got power out that way yet. Exactly. I mean, you know, think of a simple task of uh, going up the Rocky Mountains. What if your car lets out on top or, you know, halfway up? What do you do? You put it neutral and coast the rest of the way down? I guess so. Speaking of coasting, we're going to have to coast on through these next commercial breaks because they're coming out strong. All right, guys. I'll tell you what. Stay tuned to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Right here on 106.3 WORD. All right, guys. Welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. This is Odd Rod to my left, Mr. Rob Pitts himself. I'm glad you painted that mental picture for him. <laughs> hey, that's what you do in radio. You paint a picture. You paint a picture. Rob's sitting there all spiky-haired, red and black shirt per his usual. Shop shirt, red Blue. cap, of course. Blue jeans. Doc non- Martens. Some non-slick black Doc Martens for the win. For the win. What's up? Oh, man, just hanging out. I tell you what, won't we tell everybody where we're going, Odd Rod? 
All right, since we're l- running a little lengthy here, uh, let's get to it. Where we're going, uh, October 15th, of course, Hot Rods and Happy Hour will be back at Ruby Tuesdays for the last time. That's right. This is not, not the last show, the last cruising that we're doing. Exactly. It's definitely come check out Hangout with us one last time at the Ruby Tuesdays. Four lettuces on that salad bar. Four lettuces. Sop them up while you can. It's going to be a good time. 5 to 9 p.m. We're going to be out there. We're going to be playing all your favorite hits. We're going to be having a good time. And you know what? Dress up because it's going to be a fun uh, costume. It's like a Halloween. It's like a Halloween It's thing. like a little Halloween, Halloween party. It's Halloween so cute. Party. It's so nice. You know what? And bring uh, bring Rob Pitts per Odd Rod's request some of the peanut butter M&M's too. Huh? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of them things. <laughs> all right, guys. I'll tell you where else we'll be. Uh, October 21st, we're going to be down Lawrence Lawrence at the high school for the FFA car show. Sport. This is the car and tractor show. This it's a classic tractor, tractor show, show also, guys. Great show. It's actually like a fall festival they're having. It's going to be a great time down in Lawrence. Uh, i tell you another show we got coming up October 28th. we got Corvettes at Kiwi. Corvettes on the lake, kids. Corvettes on the lake. That's right, all my fiberglass fanatics. You are welcome down on Lake Kiwi at the Lighthouse Restaurant in Seneca. Going to be a great time. Down in Cor- Seneca? Down in Seneca. You drive your Corvette to Seneca and hang out. 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Guys, you can't miss it. Hot Rise and Happy Hour will be there pumping out all your favorite tunes. I like that. Corvettes on the lake. Uh, the Lighthouse, I'm assuming. Let's try to keep them out of the lake. That's the key. That's key. Corvettes, although fiberglass, don't really float that well. Not for long times, anyhow. No. So, that's going to be a good time. I like all Corvettes show. Uh, moving right along, uh, a couple days after that, we're going to hop on the Big Bird, because October 31st through November 3rd, we're going to be in Las Vegas and beautiful Sin City at SEMA itself. SEMA is a great show. Got a great event, and you're going to get a front row seat. From the Hot Rods and Happy Hour crowd, be sure to stay tuned to our our Facebook pages and Instagram and stay all in touch and in tune with everything that's going on at SEMA. But if you're looking for something to do while we're out of town, uh, November 4th, uh, V8Muscle.net is actually hosting a show, and I'll get you guys more details and post it up on our Facebook page for that. Um, And that's going to be right here in town. So while we're gone, if you're looking for something to do, check that out. Uh, November 11th, we're back in town, and it is going to be the Southern Super Heavy Shootouts down in Commerce, Georgia, at the Atlanta Atlanta Dragway. Got it. Um, Like I said... The 34th time announcing it, you got it. Exactly. You know what? I'm not a one-time, two-time, three-time. I'm a 34-time kind of guy. But you know what? I know 33 ways not to say it. So there we go. Uh, Southern Super Heavy Shootouts, great event. I've been going for the last five years. This is the 15th year it's been going on. Don Lambert does an excellent job. He drives all the way down from Michigan to host this event for everybody. Uh, car show, drag race, run with your brung style, bracket racing, everything involved for your 4,000-pound-plus cars. And it don't make a darn who makes them. Ford, Dodge, Chevy, Volvo, VW, it don't matter. Tesla, bring them all, whatever it is, as long as it's 4,000 pounds plus with the driver. This is a great day of awesome events. Like I said, car show, drag racing, all the good stuff. They have awards for everything, event t-shirts, and, of course, Rob and uh, myself will be up in the tower calling the action. It's going to be a fun day. Fun day, boys. Fun, fun day. Moving on right past that, November 18th. I'll tell you what, the rest of the year, we're pretty well stacked. Yeah. Uh, November 18th is going to be the 15th annual Christmas for Kids show. That's going to be at Hendrick's Place up in Concord, North Carolina. Um, you know, Devin Hendrix Motorsports, great, great facility. Devin Moore and all the guys at the Carolina GM uh, Association, they do one hell of a job putting on this show, organizing everything. They've got some major vendors that have stepped up, like Detroit Speed. Uh, that's just one of many, but it's the most recent one, so that's why it's coming to my noggin. 
Um, but they have a lot of people stepping up to really help out with this show and really make it as big as it can be. And at the end of the day, all proceeds go to the Shriners Hospital. Uh, they go and buy toys for the kids who are less fortunate than most. And that's what this is all about, man. This this is the kind of show I like doing. Oh, yeah. Great show for a great cause. And you know what? Even if you ain't got a hot rod, you know, it's worth coming up here and checking out. You're talking easily four to 800 hot rods. They're just the nicest of nice. Come out to this thing. Is a great time. You know, Rick is nice enough to open up his complex to everyone. Go into the race shops, check out what they're doing, go into his museum. You know, they got a wonderful gift shop there with all kinds of cool memorabilia. In There's there. all kinds of cool cars in there, period, in the gift yeah. shop. Uh, you'll see uh, uh, Cole Trickle's car from Talladega Nights. I mean, you'll see all kinds Days of, of Thunder. <laughs> Talladega Nights. This ain't Ricky Bobby. I can't believe I did that. You know the museum that was right down the road from Charlotte Motor Speedway used to have uh, Ricky Bobby's car from Talladega Nights out in front. What Cole Trickles Wonder Bread car? <laughs> You're killing me. Oh, I was on a roll there too, but. <laughs> I'll tell you, you're smooth like sandpaper, Rod. Rod. <laughs> smooth like sandpaper. I nailed that like a split hog, I tell you. Woo. <laughs> ah, yeah, but <laughs> I almost said Dick Trickle, although he's a NASCAR driver. It's the wrong trickle. It's the wrong one. <laughs> but uh, Cole Trickle's car from Days of Thunder will be there. <laughs> you know, Cal Norton Jr. was in that, though, too. Uh, John yeah. C. Riley. He yeah. played in both movies. It was very interesting. Actually, it was very, very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Magic Man. Now you see me? Now you don't. What's up? <laughs> oh, Lord. That's funny. Uh, Coming up, we got our Toys for Tots show at Hawks Motorsports in Easley. Absolutely. December 2nd. This is their second annual one in Ashton and all the people down there. They do a great job putting on this event. It's Lash. always fun. Lots of toys for the kids, man. This is the way to do it. I love this time of year because of all the charity shows. Yes, yes. And there's nothing better than giving back. So this is good times, and, you know, we're happy to be a part of all this. But we got to move on. we got a couple stories to tell you. i tell you what, we actually got a lot of cool things going on right now. But like I said, we do actually do have a story to talk about today. You know, I was thinking about something. Right? I had a friend call me up, and uh, her dad had a 62 Corvette. Right, right. And her father sold the car before he passed away. Well, he's passed away now, and they were trying to find the car. And uh, she was asking me ways of finding a collector car that's been sold off. And uh, That can I, be a daunting task. It can be, but luckily she had a VIN number on it. So okay. we, you know, we actually looked the car up, and it was probably 30 minutes from her home. <laughs> and she actually got to see the car, which was awesome. Um, and that got me thinking about how the memories are tied with these cars. Yes. And how they just stick with you over the years. And, you know, and it got me thinking about several things, you know. Like, I mean, we talked about the other week. You know, my grandfather's 48 Chevrolet. We saw him pitching for us. That's the first time I saw that car since 2000. Yeah. You know, and I mean, it, it was great seeing it. I mean, not even so much owning it or anything. Just It was cool. That car's still around. Like, they never die. They live on. Not like your Silverado SS. <laughs> Yeah, I think she's a Maytag dryer here in the yeah, next yeah, couple that, weeks. That one right there is going to be a Kia. But, um, <laughs> oh, God, a, that'd be terrible. That's horrible. But, but you know, I mean, that's the thing. And then you start thinking about some of the stories we've heard in the past. I mean, like, remember the Papa John Camaro? Yeah. Yep. That was insane. All right, so just in a story in a nutshell, you know, uh, Papa John, you know, he started his Papa John's business in 1983, his pizzeria. His dad owned a tavern, and his pride and joy was a 1971 Chevrolet Camaro. 
Um, you know, typical early 80s fashion. It had the Kreger Cheap Trick wheels on it, white letter tires, had an aftermarket sunroof, gold with the black bumblebee stripes. I mean, but it was his baby. He loved this car. And uh, it was a small block split bumper Camaro. And uh, he sold it for $2,800 to buy his very first pizza oven that was $1,600. Now he owns a company worth $750 million. Yep. That was a good investment. Yeah. So 26 years went by, and he always wanted that car. So he put up a bounty. He actually hired an ex-FBI agent to find this car. You know, when you're when you're balling on three-quarter of a billion dollars, I think you can do that. Well, this is the thing now. He hired an ex-FBI agent, and they couldn't find the car. <laughs> and he was distraught. I mean, he, he scared someone made it into a race car. had been wrecked. He hadn't seen this car in 26 years. Anything. Um, he put up a $25,000 bounty, and nobody found nothing. He put up a $250,000 bounty on this car. Quarter mil. And he found the guy that he sold it to originally, and he'd already sold the car too, but he knew who he sold it to. He gave him a $25,000 finder's fee for just giving him the name. <laughs> and then he went and bought that Camaro. So you're telling me, the time he got that car there, he had almost $300,000 in it. And believe it or not, the car had been restored, but it was pretty much about like it was when he bought it. Still had the sunroof. It was back gold with the black stripes. And he was in love with this car. Do you know the day that car touched base in Kentucky at their headquarters? He gave every Camaro owner a free pizza that came in. That's at awesome. all Papa John's. That's awesome. That's insane. That's a Camaro fan right there. But you know what? I, if I had the means, if I had the funds, I would do But the, you know that car's special to him. Yeah. I I mean, would, if it wasn't for that Camaro, he wouldn't have what he has today. Well, you got a valid point there. And speaking of being special, you know what else is special? <laughs> what? Having the money to put on this radio show? <laughs> it is pretty special. It is special. <laughs> That's why we got to take a break to pay for it. All right, guys. You stay tuned. We got a lot more Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Right here on 106.3 WORD. All right, guys, welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. This is Rob Pitts. Hot Rod! What's happening, dude? Oh, man, just hanging out. We're talking about cars, though, and like special cars. You know what I mean? Like, they're sacred. You know what I mean? Like, you, you long for this car. Right, right, right. You know, we're talking about the Papa John Camaro. And, uh, you know, he got his car back restored and all that good stuff. I mean, he loves this car. Um, and But he had a little bit of bad luck with it. He didn't have but a few years, and uh, he was going to show it off. He took it to the Detroit Motorama. Mm-hmm. Huge show. Huge. It's a, well, it's a monster show. The car was in the enclosed trailer and got stolen. <laughs> now, the, the the thing was that they stole the truck and trailer. They didn't realize what was yeah, inside they, it. They, they were after they the truck and trailer. That, they didn't realize that Papa John's Camaro was inside of it. And I think they saw that and they actually ditched the car. Yeah. They took the truck and trailer and ditched the car. Because well, they didn't want Papa, they didn't want the pizza man coming to get them. Yeah, you, you never want the pizza man after you. No, you don't want the pizza man after you. But the car was recovered, and you know what? To this day, he said the car will never leave the headquarters of Papa John's. <laughs> it don't. It sits inside the building. I don't blame him. He said, you know, he just can't risk it. But you know what? You know, talking about what he went through to find that car. If I had the means that he did and the ability to do what he done, I would do the same thing. For I mean, what's two hundred fifty thousand dollars? I mean, if it makes you happy. Exactly. I would do the same thing to find my 63. This is this is the same man that would gripe and complain about buying a $100,000 Ford truck. Yeah, but you're talking about a new truck that's kind of meaningless to you. This is a, you know, something that's a piece of you, a part of your life. It is, and I'm with you there. You know, I mean, these cars, I mean, they hold a special place in your heart. 
I mean, I'm not, I, and I, and that's the thing. You know, I used to be that guy who used to buy and sell cars and swap cars all the time. But now I'm a collector. Like I don't want to get rid of anything. Well, you know, I mean, for me, like not to be like the Debbie Downer here, the the whole conversation. But with me, my '63, that was the last car that my dad and I worked on together. Oh yeah. So that's what makes it special. There, if I could ever get that car back, there's no amount of money that I would say it's not worth. I to mean, you, sentimental yeah, wise. Yeah. If I had a million dollars in my pocket, I'd gladly give it to get that car back. I would buy every sixty-three four-door in the planet <laughs> in hopes to find. The- and, and I mean, I still think you'd have some change left out of that million, but I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> but but you see what I'm saying? I mean, to me, there, there's no dollar figure you can put on this car. It's invaluable to me. Oh yeah, and and and, and that's that's his point. Just like Rick Hendrick mm-hmm. with his sixty-three Corvette, his very first Corvette. Yeah, that was a. Uh, that was a very special car for him. He actually sold that car along with all the other cars he had to buy City Chevrolet, yep. which that was a great investment because look where it put him. Yeah, um, he actually bought the car back, but the one big catch was the car was actually rear-ended yep. after he sold it, and that's the reason that he has a '63 Corvette conference table because they put a new frame under his car when they rebuilt it, and of course it's all pro touring with all the LS stuff and it's gorgeous, but his table. Is this conference table is the actual frame out from over that car because it would never be truly square, you know? And, so they restored it and made a coffee table out. And of that it. Corvette's been in the making for many years because you know I went up there several years ago when they had the Corvette table. It wasn't a couple years old, and I've heard stories about it even before I came up there. And then when you and I were up there, uh, you know, we touched it. <laughs> yeah, the conference table was there, but we, I, I, the, well, the first time without you, I asked about the Corvette, and they says in another facility they're doing something with it. And then when you and I went up there, they actually had it there displayed. It was a finished product, and like you said, Pro Touring, LS powered all. Well, I had like the custom billet wheels that, that look like the old knockoff wheels, but these things are like 18s and 20s or something. It's wild. Yeah. I mean, so, you know. And I don't blame him, you know. If I had reached that status to where he had came, you know, he had to sell this car that evidently he loved dearly. And we all know Rick Hendrick's a Corvette man. And to sell his first Corvette to chase a dream. And then that dream. I think he's made up for it, though, because the man has like every Corvette imaginable (laughs) now. But I mean, I, I see where he's coming from. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the guy always wanted a Corvette, dreamed of having a Corvette, finally is able to buy a Corvette and then has to turn around and do the most heartbreaking thing sell his Corvette to chase a dream. When you finally reach that dream, heck yeah, you're going to buy that car back. And I don't think there's a dollar figure that's going to stand in your way of doing it. Well, I mean, honestly, you know, I've unveiled a lot of cars over my day. When he unveiled this Corvette, Brad Paisley was there. Yeah. I mean, you know, when I unveiled the boo thing, <laughs> you were I there. didn't I didn't have Brad Paisley there. Yeah, you were there. He didn't he didn't pick a song for me. <laughs> but I mean, I mean that's insane though. Yeah. And they did it at Bowling Green at the assembly plant, which yeah. is really insane. He debuted his 63 vet. But, I, I mean, and money buys you a lot of cool things like that. But, I mean, I think a lot of people feel the same way. I mean, you have a story with a car. You have a history with a car. And, you know, for some people, they just look at it as a hunk of metal that got them made to be. It's a lot more than that, though. It really is. It's, it's a piece of us. It. It's like the family pet, if you will. Um, there's a lot of people that, you know, bonded with their dad around the car, you know, bonded with their grandparents around the car. Well, it's like my grandfather. He had a 56 Chevrolet drag car. That was his very first race car. It was a 56 Chevrolet two-door post. And, <clears throat> you know, I mean, there's a big, long story. And just the, the short of it, my uncle actually bought the car brand new. Right. 
And, you know, he drove it when he was in the military and whatnot. And the thing that was crazy about it was uh, he was needing money. And he sold my grandfather this car, and they cut it up and made a race car out of it. <laughs> and they made a drag car out of it. And, you know, and it had the you know, it was bright yellow with the straight axle and the Hollywood mags on it. And you know, it was called the Dixie Twister. And, and, and that was something that was really cool, you know. And I remember hearing all these stories. And there's one picture of this car that I've ever seen. And it's just like one of them old faded-looking kind of color pictures. It's horrible. That's the only picture I've ever seen of it before. But I've always loved a 56 Chevrolet because of that. And, you know, I mean, I had the opportunity. And I bought a 56 Chevrolet the other week. And I love it. And, I mean, you know, and it's, I mean, it's not nothing like it. It's not that car, obviously. But... You know what I mean? It's, it's kind of cool. It's the remnants of it. It is. It's a 56 210 post, just like it was. And it was kind of cool because it was owned by a military guy. And it was bought. It was a California car. And it was bought by a guy in the military out west. And it was brought back you know, to this side of the country. Well, you know, and there's I've bought several vehicles because of a past memory. I owned a 77 uh, K5 Blazer at one point. And that's because when I was real young growing up in Michigan, my dad actually owned a 76 K5 Blazer. And I have, you know, fun memories. Well, heck, I mean, in Michigan, that was just that's yeah, part of yeah, it. Like, everybody had one. Like, like, like yeah, if you live in Michigan, they issue you your K5 Blazer. <laughs> Complete with rust and everything. And a snowplow. Yeah, and he had one for it. <laughs> that's the funny part. But, um, no, I remember, oh, Dad did some crazy illegal things in this thing. I remember going to uh, what's called Kennelberger Park there in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and Dad would just drive it up the stairs at the park. I, I mean, just do – and I remember that from a little kid – uh, there's a uh, you know place you go to. Uh, it's called Three Lakes, and it literally is three lakes that butt up together. But that's where everybody would go swimming, riding their jet skis, and things like that. And I remember one time there's like a beach area, and Dad just drove the Blazer off in it, you know, with us in the car freaking out. You're talking about I'm a little two year old at that point, and just you know, there's memories like that tied to that thing. Uh, that was the first time I ever got to hold the steering wheel and drive down the road with Daddy, you know, monitoring everything. Um, and I, I remember things like that, and it stuck with you, and, and it led me to buy a blazer for myself, just because of those memories. Oh yeah, well, I mean, and, and that's the thing about cars. I mean, you know, everybody's got that niche car that they like, but there's also that car that a family member had or somebody that influenced them into the hobby that that, that they're naturally drawn to. Yeah, and you see it a lot in like non. I'll say that loosely, non car guys, is they always have a memory of well, grandpa had this. You know, or dad had this back in the day. Or somebody I, down the street, a neighbor, or, or, or whatever it is. Oh, yeah, a neighbor from my uh, from where my grandmother lived in Michigan down the road had a, you know, traditional Flame 32 Ford. And it's a reason why I've always just kind of liked, you know, I'm not a Ford guy, but I've always just kind of liked 32 Fords. I mean, that's iconic. Because that's the first hot rod I remember ever seeing. It's a traditional Flame. I'm talking about fenders and everything. Traditional flame 32 Ford. For all I know, it could have been a true steel car. But that is the first hot rod I can remember seeing in my life. And and that stuff sticks with you. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I've always had a thing for vans, and that's because Grandpa had an old van when we lived in Michigan that he kicked around the yard in. You didn't get, you didn't get in, into any of those vans on playgrounds or anything, did you? No. Well, okay. once or twice, but they had free candy. They had, the good, they had the good candy. They had real good candy. I don't remember much past that, you know. Took a nap. I don't know. <laughs> too much candy, I guess. Yeah, it's too much candy. I don't know. But no, I mean, you know, the memories like that stick to you. They will stick with you. I mean, it's like now. I mean, my grandfather's favorite car. He uh, he he loved forty Chevrolet coupes, and he had he had several of them. That between him and my dad, they had it four or five of them. But every time I see a forty Chevrolet, I think about my grandfather. 
And I mean, it's just a, I mean, it's one of those things. And it was like the 56 thing. When I seen the opportunity to get this 56, I had to pull the trigger because it was just a whole lot of fun. But like I said, guys, I'll tell you something else, too. Be sure to share your car stories with us on the Hot Rods and Happy Hour Facebook page. Yeah, jump on there and tell us about cars of your past and memories you have of them. And who knows, we might share it right here. But until next week, this has been Hot Rods and Happy Hour. On 106.3 WORD. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 